0: Hey, this is Gengar Greasy, and you're listening to the Pokey Tower Podcast. Welcome to episode 119 of the Pokey Tower Podcast. I'm your host, Gengar Greasy. If you're new here, this is a collectible and trading cards podcast. We talk about everything collectibles and trading cards. Um, If you like the video, please like the video later on tonight uh, if I give you any information that you find uh, useful or enjoy, Um, and welcome to our returning listeners. Thank you guys for always checking out the podcast, giving us a listen. We got a lot to talk about today, Um, a couple segments we didn't cover last week, we're going to be covering today, Uh, so episode 119 is going to be packed, like always, lots of information. Um, I'll try and keep it short and sweet. And also give you the best uh, info I can. <clears throat> okay, before we start, uh, we do have the Poke Tower Discord box break on Friday. Friday, January 27th at 7.30 Central. That's going to be live streamed uh, on YouTube. If you haven't got your packs yet, head to thepoketower.com. Get your packs. The links are right here. Uh, get your packs and, uh, enter our giveaways, all that good stuff. We're, we're opening a ton of stuff. Um, all four TCGs are being busted open. Yu-Gi-Oh! Pokemon, Dragon Ball, Digimon. Um, we're also opening some vintage, uh, street sharks. We're giving away a comic book. We're giving away a PSA eight Digi battle slab. So lots of stuff. Um, get your packs and, uh, that's it on that. Okay. Uh, We got some new stuff in the TCG Battle Royale today, so I'm excited to talk about that. And without further ado, here we go. Okay, TCG Battle Royale. This is our segment where we talk about uh, Yu Gi Oh!, Digimon, Dragon Ball, and Pokemon. And their four most recent booster releases. Uh, sometimes we feature special sets if they're if they're good enough. Um, and we rank them one through four. Today we have two new uh, sets being added to the Battle Royale. And uh, I think you'll be surprised where uh, some of them fall. So here we go. Number one this week. I'm going with Crown Zenith. Now, that doesn't mean... <laughs> that doesn't mean... Crown Zenith, you need to go buy every singles on the market right now. Uh, it doesn't mean any of those things. Uh, I'm just ranking it number one because I think it. I think it has the most appeal. I think it has some of the most iconic characters, and I think it has good rarities. So I, I just think it's a good set. Now that doesn't mean we need to go and clear the market on these singles. I think you have time. I think that the market will go down. We've we've never seen. We've never seen a set where the cards don't go down in value. So I, I can't tell you when. My prediction would be within the next six to nine weeks, things cool off. But who knows? Um, but it's exciting, right? People are opening this stuff up. Really cool cards. Uh, you can get a case of the ETBs for 510 bucks, So that's 10 of them. You're talking $51 in ETB. If you buy one box at a time, it's looking to be $59.66. So one ETB is going to cost you about sixty bucks right now if you buy it on the internet. Obviously, if you can find them in the stores, you're going to get them retail, at, which might be just fifty. So pick your poison there. Um, you know, you can, you can get you can get a case for five ten, which is you know not bad, fifty one bucks a box. But when you factor in shipping and all that stuff, you're probably pay, paying a six hundred dollar bill for for ten boxes. So maybe maybe sixty bucks a box. Um, you know, these are just normal. Release day style prices. This just dropped on Friday, last Friday. So, uh, nothing, there's no move here, right? It's just, we're just sitting here and observing. And I think this is a a red hot, you know, set right now. The top four cards in the set come out to 503.21. And this was kind of interesting. This is something new that we haven't seen. We're going to talk about it later for Crown Zenith, uh, later on in the podcast. But 22 cards in the set uh, break the $15 price point. So, Pretty loaded, um, and yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that more in the future. I'm putting it at number one just because, again, overall, I appeal the hype behind this stuff. A lot of people are excited for this. It may be the best Sword and Shield set we get. However, you know, a lot of us thought Hidden Fates was the best Sun and Moon set we got, and it was. And then things just got... Printed and printed and printed, and now it's kind of lost its flair. Now, don't get me wrong, there's still cards that do really well in that set, but not what it used to be. And that's kind of what this reminds me of. I remember there was a time there was a time when you could buy, you know, hidden fates packs for like six dollars, and it was like twenty-five percent of the cards that you pull in the set were worth more than the pack. So people were just ripping the crap out of these things. So it just made sense. Um, And right now, it might make sense. You know, hey, if you can get these things retail, rip away. Have fun, right? Um, I don't think the sealed market's going to be too great in the future. It's just everyone's probably has the same idea. Oh, I'm going to keep it sealed. Just wait for three months, you know? So everyone's thinking the same thing. And usually what happens is is the second that supply starts getting thin and people start bumping prices up, there's an influx of supply, and they all undercut each other, and it just goes right back to where it was. So uh, just... A great set. That's it. Great set. It's going to take number one. I don't see anyone else beating it uh, currently with what they got. Number two, Fighter's Ambition. Now, Fighter's Ambition saw some red this week. Case prices went up to 1075 Box prices dropped to $99.99, which was, it was like $106 last week, something like that. It was just over 100 last week. Top four cards in the set, $586.99. Interesting thing about fighters ambition is it actually had one of its secret rares go up like $70 in value. And it wasn't the Gohan. So the Gohan actually came down just a little bit. We'll talk about that later. Um, but again, you got two secret rares. One just went up 70 bucks in value. The Gohan kind of came down, but other than that, you know, this thing's hanging on by a thread. I would have liked to have seen those Gohan inserts that they put in the, this, the, I think they're called SGRs. I think that's what they are. Um, I would have liked to have seen those carry a little more value and be more sought after. We're just not seeing it, you know. And uh, I think Gohan fans will, will decide the fate of this set. Um, but right now, not a lot carrying it, you know. We can only hope that the anime will come out and they will give us the background on this beast Gohan and we'll see him more. And then that makes this card that much more iconic besides just having a movie appearance. All right, number three. You're not going to believe this. I'm going with Digimon. I'm going with Digimon Draconic Roar because this set over the past 2 weeks, including this week, keeps seeing green in- increases in its price, right? So case prices are up this week to 694.99. They were they were less last week, but remember 3 weeks ago, we saw this steady climb like oh, okay, here's, you know, 670, here's 680, here's 690, here's 694. It just keeps Trickling its way up. Now very quietly, it's not like you know, knocking your socks off, you know. Oh wow, I made 15 bucks on my case, you know. I don't know. But uh it's coming up. That's regardless, it's coming up. And uh it, it's it's nice to see that it has it the case price went up. Box prices are up to sixty-eight dollars. That's pretty impressive for Digimon. Um, you know, the last couple sets we've seen in the low sixties, you know, low, high fifties normally after it's been out this long, like Draconic Roar has, but this one came up just a tad. Who knows? You know, like I said, there could be a an influx of supply within the next week or two, and this could drop back down to fifty seven bucks. We we don't know, but um, it's impressive. It's an impressive showing, and to be honest, you know, it I would I would want to open this at this point, considering the price, uh, versus number four. And you're not going to believe this. It's it's going to be Yu Gi Oh Amazing Defenders, which is a brand new set, brand new set just dropped Friday, um. Now, obviously, if you're a Yu-Gi-Oh diehard, you say, no, I'll open up Yu-Gi-Oh! I don't care about these other sets. That's 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 specific. But like when you collect all four, I'm saying I would actually buy Digimon before you, this specific set of Yu-Gi-Oh! right now. So, you know, um, you can get a box of Amazing Defenders for 5285 right now, which is like wholesale. That's that's literally what it is. Uh, you get the top four cards in the set at 237.93. And there are 19 cards in the set that break the $15 price point. However, 15 of them are collector rares. So, one in one and two, one in three boxes you might pull a collector rare. The best collector rare I think is sitting around 70 bucks right now, so it's not like you know what? I looked at the set. I looked through um if you're not building a deck, if you're not playing, you're not going to connect too much to this. And when there's no, you know, like we talked about with Digimon, Digimon's a really nice hybrid of I can play the game, I can also collect these really cool cards. Yu-Gi-Oh does it every here and there. This specific set really feels just like if you're playing the game, you'll like it. If you're not playing the game, you're not gonna know what you're looking at. And there's just nothing for collectors, especially people like me. You know, I, I like the legacy stuff. You know, give me a, give me a reprint of something. Give me something, and uh, you know, an, a legacy reprint, um, and I'm in. But there was really nothing for me to look at um and even though it's all green, you know, I just don't see it being more desirable than these other sets on the board today. So um yeah, Draconic Roar is moving up to number 3 and that is your Battle Royale this week. We got Crown Zenith, uh Pokemon, number 1. Fighter's Ambition number 2, Draconic Roar number 3, Yu-Gi-Oh Amazing Defenders at number 4. And uh, you know, Crown Zenith is going to be going to be hard, hard to beat. Now I'm really excited for Dimensional Phase BT11 Digimon. I think they're they're giving you some serious reasons to buy. They're even marketing that in their, you know, on their website, like, hey, this is why you want to buy this set. <laughs> um, that's pretty cool. You know, you don't see that often, and I think uh, was very. I was impressed when we checked that out last week on episode 118. Ah! All right, Pokemon this week. We're talking about Crown Zenith. We're going to take a quick look at Crown Zenith. Um, You just skim through the set on on TCG Player and uh, we're going to see what we got. Um, The set looks crazy impressive. I would like to open some. Um, You're hearing a lot of stuff that the pool rates are amazing and then you hear stuff that they're not. So typical release day type stuff. He said, she said, it's just all this different junk. It's like, well, let's just take a look at the set. And I think there's some really cool cards in here. So that's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna go ahead and dive in to the set on TCD player. Oh, let's go back. There we go. So I just I just uh, organized this by market high to low. Uh, and surprisingly, the Giratina V-Star Secret is uh, the number one card. Let's get a closer look at this thing. I don't even know what... Okay. Oh, I see. So you got your Giratina here. That's um, origin form. Kind of floating through. That's a nice card and I'm surprised. I'm actually surprised that a gold card is, is the front runner for this set. Now that might change in the next few weeks. I, I don't really know. We'll, we'll see. I'll have my picks here once we get through. But uh, again, Another gold here with Arceus. You got an Arceus V-Star Secret gold card. Now, I don't know if that's because we're being told that's the best card or if that's what the market's decided is. Hard to tell when something's brand new. But um, don't get me wrong. I think these cards are great. But I'm not a fan of how small the character is on it. You see how small Arceus is there? And then you look at Giratina. I mean, he is... Giratina is literally... 10% 10% of this card the rest is just fluff I don't know how I feel about that you guys tell me what you think am I not am I look I mean this is 15% of the card is Arceus the rest is just fluff We're not really getting anything there so I like the artwork I'm not saying I don't like the artwork I'm just what so you know we're gonna we're talking pool right here why 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 do we think this is the best you know what I mean that artwork style, it's something new. It's something new for, for Pokemon, but it doesn't really knock my socks off. Now, this, something like this, you got the Mewtwo um, Galarian Gallery. I believe that's what it is. Yeah, GG. Um, now, this is nice. This is Mewtwo versus uh, Charizard. Let me see if I can shrink myself with tad here. There you go. So, Mewtwo versus the Charizard. And that's, this is a good looking card. I, I like this. You, you. I mean, we're talking eighty percent of the card is filled with Mewtwo and or Charizard, and the rest is kind of animation like that. This just this is good artwork, and it's also better characters in my opinion. Like Mewtwo is superior to Giratina, superior to Arceus. So is Charizard. Like I would, I would put those guys. You have two of probably like top five, top ten Pokemon on one card. That's pretty good. Uh, scrolling through, we got some more golds here. So now this is interesting. You got Dialga and you got Palkia, and this is kind of this is what's kind of troubling because these are also uh, Galarian Gallery secret rares with the gold foil, right? Gold foil, you got a two-parter here and Dialga and Palkia. It looks like those cards connect in some way. Um, but I look at this and I'm like, why is this 74 bucks and the other one was 200? We're talking the same level of rarity, right? We're talking a gold... Galarian Gallery Secret Rare. That's what this is. And it doesn't hold a candle to Arceus and or Giratina. I mean, they're V-Stars. These are V-Stars too, right? Yeah, they're V-Stars. So that's where it kind of feels funky. It's like, wait a minute. Why are these ones half the price of this one? You know, and maybe there are legitimate pool rates. I don't know. I like large pool rate samples instead of just, oh, we opened 400 packs and this is what we got. It's like, it's such a small sample size. Like most trading card stores hold more than 400 packs. You know what I mean? So there you go. um Like one trading card store in an entire zip code carries more than 400 packs. You know what I mean? So I don't know. um we got some golds there. Now here's another, this is an uh, another Galarian. Gall- so the Galarian Gallery is just destroying the uh, top 10 here for crown zenith but this is a nice card this is a leafy on V star I feel like I've seen this card before like I don't know um there's something about that I know that this is new but I'm what I'm' I swear I've seen a card just like this before 45 bucks um I think you can wait on that one so, so nothing's really knocking my socks off we've seen this Suicune before. Um I would I would put this I would put this over on a Leafeon like you know, we're talking a forty dollar card. like what makes what makes the Leafeon more rare than this Suicune? Do we actually know? Does anyone actually know the pool rates? Is it is it known that Leafion is pooled less than Suicune? And that's that's the type of stuff. Those are the questions I like to ask. And some people, you know, they're just like, it's just more rare. It's like, well, do we really know that? And there's really no no answer to that. Now, that so we couldn't uh, $40. We're talking, I mean, this set, look at these. We're we're already one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine cards in, and they're still over twenty dollars a card. So you can tell that tells you how like red hot this is right now. Um, now this one, this is interesting. This is interesting, and this is where I, I think people should be looking. Besides your your normal cards that everyone wants. I think this is something that can get uh, can get overlooked. So this is a Pikachu secret uh, rare from Crown Zenith. Now, this is just the regular secret rare. So it's not in the Galarian Gallery. And, it you know, Pikachu obviously is a great card. It's got a lot going on in the background. That's good, too. Uh, this is pretty much a showcase of, like, sword and shield behind Pikachu. So that's kind of cool, right? You had your Crobat, which was meta at one point. Your Urshifu. Shadow Riders, you got your Hazulians, you got your Starters in the back, you got your Zacian. There's all like staples in, in the in the Pokemon trading card game. But what's interesting about this is I think that this one could be a good one to grab. Maybe even at 30 bucks. Now you're probably saying, well, why? Typically, these trainer... This isn't a trainer gallery, but I, I, I have a feeling there will be minimal texture on this card. Lots of foil surface and poor cutting. So, I just think that this is a great candidate to get in a PSA 10 because I think it'll be harder. To, I think this card would be harder to grade than something like this. You know what I mean? Because this is going to be flooded with texture. We've seen them already uh, flooded with texture and, and glitter and glitz and glam. Um, overall, the eye appeal, it's much easier to get a gem mint. But, like, if you've ever graded the trainer gallery cards, they have no texture. It's just foil. It's just foil on them with these yellow borders. Um, that can get tricky, and it, and the gem mint rate is much lower. So this is something like you could get a very, if you get a 10, you know, this is a good card that will probably, people would overlook. Um, and this, this will be a good one to have, I think, in a gem mint. Um, just because of the way the cards are made, right? And then again, you look at this Glaceon V-Star, this is going to be, Flooded with texture and, you know, glitz and glam. Much easier gem mint rate, I think, to grade. They just... It's not... It's the whatever Pokemon does to make those trainer gallery cards. Because they're, they're, like, super smooth. There's no texture on them. They just, you know... From what I've seen... You guys have seen it. Like, when we do the box breaks and we get a trainer gallery, I'm like, what is wrong with this card? You know, there's, like, lines going through it. Edges are jacked up. So this would be a card that I would say would have a lower population and not because people don't want to grade it, but I think lower pop just because I think tens are going to be harder to get. Now that doesn't mean it's, it's going to have a high, you know, it doesn't mean that it's pop can't get over 200. What I mean is that let's say that these gold cards have a population of 500. I could see this one having a population of 300, which is slightly better in in a gem mint PSA 10. Uh, coming through here, this is a Hizuri and Zora arc. Now, this is pretty fancy. Uh, that is out of control. I mean, that's a cool card. I, would, I wouldn't mind pulling that. That's Glaring Gallery. That's 32 bucks. If you guys haven't seen this set yet, hopefully this is kind of cool to check out. Um, if you're listening on Apple, I highly suggest you hop over to Spotify and or YouTube. Get the visual on these cards. They're really cool. Um... Elsa Sparkle, that's a trainer card. I mean, that don't belong to be there. This one will probably tank in the months coming. Entei. A lot of people hype this one up. Look where it's at. You know, again, look at look at the Raikou. A lot of people hype that up. Look where it's at. It's it's middle of the line. No, don't get me wrong, a $30 card is that's expensive in the modern game. But uh it's not what people said it was going to be. And again, I still think this this would have a higher gem mint rate than the, the trainer gallery style cards. Uh, we covered this Cynthia's ambition on the podcast a while back. They loaded it with females, as you can see. Uh, now this is pretty cool. This is a Darkrai V Star. That's pretty sweet. Uh, that's a cool looking card. It's it's different for Darkrai because usually Darkrai has that kind of dark theme to his cards. This is kind of bright. Got a lot. Uh, has a lot of colors in it. Um, This one I thought was interesting. The Zacian um, Galarian Gallery. This is a different kind of look for Pokemon. Pokemon normally doesn't do this type of style of illustration, but it looks kind of cool. Um, But, you know, it's Zacian. So, whatever that means. Now, this is interesting, too. You look at this. This is the Deoxys uh, Galarian Gallery. This would be the same rarity that we saw with Charizard and Mewtwo. Right, a Mewtwo on there. Same rarity, same level of rarity. Um, it's from the same subset, the Galarian Gallery. It's not like it's a a different style of rarity, but this one's only sixteen bucks. Um, so I would I would keep an eye on this Deoxys. Um, you might see this card, you know, eight to ten dollars in the near future, and that that might be a good card to have, especially because Deoxys doesn't get a lot of printing. But he did get a handful in this set. Uh, I really like this Deoxys V Max here. Galarian, this Galarian Gallery is absolutely loaded, and that's what kind that's what's tricky about this set is that everything looks good. So just pick your favorites and, and live with it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. The Simisear was a different look for Pokemon. I, I like that. Um, again, here we go. So this is another sleeper card that I think is going to be a big one. So this is a Mew right here. This is a Galarian Gallery Mew. It's just a hollow rare. Um, I believe it's going to have that same Trainer Gallery foil where it's a nice, smooth surface probably going to be flooded with print lines um, you've got the yellow borders so you have more working against you than you do working for you um, but this is something like in a PSA 10 that I think would be good in the future because it's just one of those legitimately hard to grade cards and it's it's probably not rare you know like I don't I bet you it's not hard to pull than some other cards in this set but I'd be willing to bet that this one's probably gonna be harder to grade um, and it's a good character you got a lot going on in the card, so I could see this i could see this being a sleeper right so you this is a card you could potentially get for six dollars in the future, but greater than a graded in a ten could be like eighty ninety bucks and that's hand over fist i mean that's that's good that's good in the modern trading card game all right let's see um we're gonna skim through another page here and see if there's any more sleepers like that i w- i would beware i mean th- because this is so loaded. There's just no... How do I say this? There is... Literally, okay, so besides character selection, right? So obviously, you know, Giratina would be more popular than a Regigigas or a Zera Aura. I mean, that's debatable, but most people would rank it like that, right? Mewtwo, more popular than Regigigas, Zeraora, Zamazenta. Okay, it makes sense why Mewtwo would be a little more expensive, but what I'm trying to say is that there's actually no delineation between you know this galarian gallery card and another galarian gallery so this is just kind of made up prices that we're making on our own is what I'm trying to say like I believe they all have the same pool rates until we can find out otherwise you know um now this one you g- <laughs> it's a radiant Charizard but look at it it's at 11 bucks um this could be this could be something in a 10. Right now we know how hard these are to get in a ten, but again this is one of those cards I think would be good because of how cheap it is. That's what I'm trying to say. So give it a give it a, a month. This one might be a seven dollar card. You could probably buy twenty copies of these for seven bucks at a hundred you know hundred forty dollars or whatever. Grade them all, and you start grading some tens. You might pay off that whole lot with one PSA ten. That's that's where my mind goes with with these types of cards, and you know. We've seen a few Radiant Zards. They're kind of abusing it. I get it. Shiny Charizard, same stuff. I totally understand that, but I think all these other full art cards are going to be easier to grade. So who are going to be the outliers? Cards that are hard to grade, even if they're not the best, right? They're not the best characters. It's just kind of how it's going to stand out. That's how you separate yourself. Uh, This is another big one. Crown Zenith Pikachu right here. So This is just a Galarian Gallery Pikachu. I think that's going to be a big hit. <clears throat> Let me see what else we got here. Lapras that could look at that. I mean, $5, $5, you know, now it depends if, if they're just, I mean, that's a nice card. That's a really nice card. You got a lot going on there. You got Lapras under the water. That's a different look. Um, I think that's solid. I think stuff like this in a PSA 10 is going to be much harder to come by than a PSA 10 of this full art right here. Like, I think this is much easier to grade. So it may, you know, and they got good selection. You got Lapras, you got Pikachu, you got Mew. You have Pikachu in a Secret Rare. Like, those are, that's solid. Tank, you know, same artwork here. Um, same style. $4. And that, look at that. Look at this Deoxys right here. $3 for that card. Can you grade one in a 10? I don't know, but I just think that that's the easy answer. Because to be honest, I'll be honest with you. These Galarian Galleries with the yellow borders are kind of looking cooler in some. Like, look at this. Look at this Rotom V-Star. You look at the Rotom V-Star. And then you look at this mill tank. which one looks cooler in terms of like eye appeal? The mill tank does, you know, and I bet people would say that the V-Star is actually more rare. So just interesting, interesting. Um, but that's, that's pretty, look, wow. Latias is down here at three bucks. That's cheap. Interesting look here. Um, this thing's absolutely loaded. This is a nice Electivire. Really cool stuff. I love this Electivire Magmortar. That's really cool. Yeah, this is gonna be interesting. You know, I, I'm taking a back seat. I'm not. I'm not buying anything just yet. But um, I can tell you right now. Besides that Mewtwo, these 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 like standard Galarian Gallery cards with the yellow borders just they kind of have some eye, eye appeal. They just pop and there may not be texture on them but they kind of hold their own. Wow. Some of these cards are down to as cheap as a dollar. So this thing's and that's why I guess that's that's what I'm getting at is that this this set could fool you. You think you could pull something big just because of the way it looks, but really, I mean look at these cards are a dollar. Holy moly. And that may change over time, right? Let's let's give it another week. Let's give it 2 weeks. We're going to follow this stuff as it goes, but man, um it looks like you know, when you mash up every rarity into one set, it's kind of it's kind of hard to get a grasp of what what it is besides demand. So all it all comes down to he's like, "Oh no, people just like this card. That's why it's so expensive." It's like, "Wow. That's how we're playing it now, huh?" Okay. I I think I've seen enough here. Uh Crown Zenith guys, that's a quick preview of Crown Zenith. I think it looks great. I have I don't have anything bad to say about it. Um buy retail, have fun at the retail level, try to stay away from secondary market stuff until this cools down. Once it cools down, you know, we can say, hey, you know, now you can find this stuff on eBay for even cheaper. But uh, for the time being, retail or nothing, that's what I would do. All right, let's get another piece of Pokemon in here. Who's that Pokemon? Okay. So we got some Scarlet EX, Violet EX leaks. I'm sure you guys have already seen this. This one's about a week old. Uh, but I thought it was interesting because I want to say, I want to say about a month ago, I was voicing my concern to Pokemon saying, hey, I would love to see some version specific rares. Now, we didn't quite get that, but we got pretty damn close. Check this out. This is from Pokey Beach. And these are Scarlet EX, Violet EX, Secret Rares. Rainbow Rares are gone, and special illustration uh, trainers. Now we've been looking at this stuff for the last few weeks. What's different about today is we got a little bit more. So that's that's what we're looking at here. Uh, here you go. So check this out. This set officially releases uh, in Japan this Friday, and this this card, the cards from the set will become a part of our Scarlet and Violet set on March 31st. Be sure to keep checking back for updates. Now check this out. You see what it says right here in bold. It says Scarlet EX Rares. So this leads me to believe that these are scarlet specific pools. Check them out. Dolive, you got Armrogue. Wiglet, Dodonzo. That's a nice Dodonzo actually. Think about it. That's that make that looks pretty sweet. That's pretty cool. Um I mean, let's take a look here. I this Armrogue. sweet. Look at that. Pokémon's doing a great. They stepped it up. They stepped it up. Look at this. We've seen those last week. Um, I mean, when you can make a Sandile look that cool, you're doing it right. Look at that. King Gambit. It's amazing. Very cool stuff. Now, check this out. This is what I thought was interesting. Now, these are, I believe they are calling these terrastalized rares, right? Terror rares. Terror. There we go. You got Garrett. That's pretty sweet um I don't know how I feel about these full arts I think these are a, a dying breed I think that's the next thing we see that leaves the hobby here pretty soon are just the full arts with like you know what I'm talking about they're full art texture cards with just like a solid color in the back I like them but uh the the rarity has not been there for them the desire has not been there for them I think that looks great I think a card pops right um but check this out so these are Scarlet EX Secret Rares. Pretty cool. We scroll down here. That's really cool. Iron Thorns. I mean, that's awesome. This is a secret rare. Look at that. It's great. Great looking cards. I have no complaints, right? You got Gold Kyradon. That's really cool. But check this out. Right here, it says Violet EX Secret Rare. So how what They better do this in America. That's all I can tell you. They better do this in North America um, in the the English release. You got a different set of secret rares. So that would be really cool to pull different cards from different packs based on the version. That would be great. Um, Toad's cool. That's awesome. That looks just like the game. When When you scare him, he takes off like that. Pretty funny. Um, I will tell you that I think that... Oh, wow. Violet's getting the Houndstone. That's good. Oh, we're getting the uh, Palmot. That's good. What else we got in here? Oh, wow. Look at that. Arcanine. Arcanine. Very nice. Oops. Oh, excuse me. Miradon, Illustrator Rare. That's cool. And then you got the Mirrodon, or the uh, yeah, the Miradon Gold, rare candy. It's pretty solid, I think. I think Scarlet has the better rares. I'll tell you that a better, sele- better Pokemon selection is what I should say. Um, that's a really cool card, Scovillian. Scovillian, like Scovil, like Heat. Okay, cool. So there you go. You got we got some version specific rare uh, secret rares. Who knows if they actually pull through with that, or if that's even true. Uh, you got your Terra rares here. That's a really nice looking card in person. You got um, the, here's a full art. This one I'm talking about, like gone are the days of these. they already got rid of the rainbows. Um, and hey, be on the lookout for your rainbow rares going up in value. That might be a thing where people say, hey, they don't make them anymore. They're more rare now. Be ready for that. Um, just kind of passively watch, I guess. Um, but I think this is next to go. Is just the standard full arts. I think those are going to be the next thing. Um, so the rainbow rares are being replaced with illustration rares is what we saw earlier. I think that's an upgrade. No no biggie there. Special illustration rares will feature a rainbow glitter effect over the cards like the old rainbow rares. So they have a glitter. You can see that spackle down there. <laughs> see that spackle? Doesn't really zoom in. Okay. There's like a rainbow spackle over the card. That's that's cool. Special illustrations, okay, same stuff. And this is kind of the progression here. You've seen um with Pokémon, you got the full arts, the rainbow rares, the special arts, the regular prints, and then the character rares. It's kind of the progression they've been following. Um and I think I think Pokémon figured out, they saw They kind of saw how character rares did with Cosmic Eclipse and they're like, all right, let's, let's do that again. Because remember, it kind of went away for a minute and then they brought it back. So good on them. Um, there you go. That's a Scarlet Violet EX preview. Maybe I called it. I don't know. We'll see if we get the, uh, exclusives, the secret rare exclusives, you know, for whatever version you pick. That's pretty cool. All right. What is, what are we talking about next? Ooh, 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 Ooh. Okay. Next up, we got some Digimon. Here we go. Digimon. All right. Digimon this week. We're not going to be taking a look at an article. We're going to be talking about some interesting stats, some numbers. Um, So this was something I would, I've just been thinking about, and I had to go look at the PSA pop reports to kind of Get an idea, and this isn't the end-all, say-all. Um, this is just kind of my opinion. Uh, so, when you talk about Digi-Battle, most people will remember Series 1, Series 2, uh, and they will remember Taco Bell, stuff like that. Um, when you talk about Digimon in general... They always talk about season one, season two. It's always season one, right? You got your Agumon, Greymon, Garurumon. You know, you have those fans. And then you have your Vmon, Wormmon. That whole line. their are fans, right? Um, but everyone seems to be... Hold on one sec. Everyone seems to be... Season one, season two oriented. Um, and when you talk... Not maybe you guys have had this experience, but normally, you know, I have a lot of people ask me about Digimon, and they're always just getting back in, and they're not sure what to buy. They kind of remember, and most times, literally more more often than not, they always remember the animated series cards on the left-hand side here. And then every once in a while, you'll get someone who says they remember Digibattle, but they're like, they don't look like that. And the ones they're referring to would be, series 1 and season 2. Uh series 2 they're like, "I remember those ones. That's the one I had." So, not a lot of series 3 through 5. So, I wanted to look up the PSA pops on these cards because it's like, you know, I guess what I wanted to do was show you that the animated series cards is still a viable collection to have. There it's still a solid collection to have and it may like it literally has the potential to, to be if Digimons ever get a shot, if Digimon cards ever get a shot of exploding and and, and being a part of the collector hobby at a higher level, it may be the animated series card, series cards and it may not be Digibattle. That's just the truth. Um so Digibattle, you know, we've been able to grade Digibattle at PSA now for just over a year. Um I think it was like December of twenty twenty one, right? Now it's January 2023, so about a, about 13, 14 months, something like that. Um, whereas the animated series, you know, that was gradable before, before I even started buying Digimon cards. And why do I look up the pops? The reason why I look up the total pops is because that's kind of a sign on whether or not there's interest there. Um, so the animated series, when you combine series one and series two, there's a total of basically 1800 cards that have been graded 1800 cards across the, across the board um, that have been graded and that's that's kind of a lot it's not a lot in the modern era but like more than I thought right like would you have thought that there are 1800 slabs of upper deck did you out there like who has them you don't you don't really see them on eBay uh, there's very few sellers on eBay that are that are trying to move this stuff but someone has this stuff and it's sitting around somewhere. Um, and then you look at Battle; it's been around for 14 months, 13, 14 months, and we got four hundred and seventy-three cards uh graded from series one to five. Now, granted, there are some cards from series six being graded, so you could probably could push this up to five hundred. Um, so you got eighteen hundred versus five hundred. One's been gradable for for several years, one's been gradable for just over a year. So at this rate, it looks like Digi Battle could pass up. Um the animated series cards, but it's kind of hard to tell, like, because I have, I have at least, I have at least a hundred Battle slabs, at least. So, 20% of that is just me, you know, and I would be willing to bet that 20% of it is probably the rest of us in the Discord. So you have 40% of those slabs are from our guys. Whereas animated series, you know, I think I have two slabs of animated series. Um, I'm going to grade more, but I don't, I don't have any on me. Uh. So it's just, when I think about animated series, you know, people are like, well, you know, what what would you buy if you could get back in? Now, my recommendation would be DigiBattle just because I think, I think scarcity plays a role, but the problem is, is everyone remembers animated series. Everyone does. They're like, oh, I had those. I remember those cards. I used to have them in my binder, you know, nobody had any of this stuff in their binders. Um, The DigiBattle. And I think if you're thinking it's too late to get to Digimon, you know, I don't think so. I think it's, I think it's still, hopefully these numbers right here show you it's stupid early. I mean, there are Pokemon cards, individual Pokemon cards with higher pops than all of Digibattle combined. Even for animated series, look at that 1800 cards. I bet you there are 1800 PSA 10 Charizards of, of any generation just happens, right? Um, so I think you're still incredibly early, and I also think that there's this shows this proves that there is interest in the animated series cards. And if if you feel like you can't afford Digi Battle because people have made it too expensive, animated series is still a great option to pick. And I also think that it could it has the potential to surpass Digi Battle simply because more people are familiar with those cards. So if it has a if it has a chance in hell of going anywhere. I would be willing to bet that more people probably remember the, the animated series cards. If you if you got a room of 100 people from the 90s and you're like, hey, which card do you like? They might pick those because these the animated series cards are literally scenes from the show. And everyone remembers season one and two. So that's where I see like some series potential. I also think you shouldn't give up on the animated series. I think um, we'll have to check in on this in another year or so, but... Uh, you know, Digi is still my favorite. Why? Because I like stuff that's rare and I like stuff that's hard to get. And I like to try and get it in the best condition possible. That's all there is to it, right? Um, and I really I really wanted these cards as a kid and I couldn't have them. So that's my motivation. It doesn't mean everyone else is going to feel that way. Uh, so yeah, Upper Deck Animated Series, I would not sleep on that. And I think there's interest there because the population show it. All right. Moving on did you, uh, moving on to dragon ball here we go Stop Stop me. Stop me. Me. all right we're gonna do a short little segment on Dragon ball because we we haven't done it in a few weeks um, and it's simply because there's really not much to talk about. That's just me being honest. Like you know, I could talk about the same stuff over and over and over. I try not to do that. Um, so I've been I've been picking and choosing when we when we should show a certain segment. I thought this was appropriate because Fighter's Ambition is pretty much the oldest set in our Battle Royale now. Um, the prices have gone down just a little bit, and uh, I I like this article. So that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go ahead and get into the next article of the day. This comes from Bleeding Cool. If I could figure it out. Wow. Here we go. This is a value watch for Fighter's Ambition. Um, we're not gonna talk about this blurb here. He talks too much. Okay. Here are the top valued cards of Dragon Ball Super Card Game, Fighters Ambition with market values observed on TCG player as of this writing. Now this came out Monday, January twenty third. Holy cow. Okay, Sun Gohan Beyond the Ultimate, $336. Evil Saiyan Malice Made Flesh. Now, that's the one that took a big jump. Took a huge jump. It's at 160. Cell Max, Deliver of Despair, 107. Here we go. These are the SGRs. You got Sun Gohan Power Reclaimed, $39. Sun Gohan Latent Power Unleashed, $30. Like, that's pretty solid cards, right? Um, Black Smoke Dragon, that's that's a meta card there. It's at 17 bucks. Sun Gohan, another SGR, $16. Sun Gohan and Piccolo, another SGR, $16. Sun Goku and Vegeta, Immortal Rivalry, $15. And then you have Super Saiyan Goku and Vegeta and Trunks, triple combination, $14. So... Sun Gohan being the ultimate Ser is still a valuable secret rare at over $300. So beyond the ultimate is still a great card. This is not an article to say that it's gone down in value and it's, it's time to tank and it's, it has nothing to do with that. Um, but it has dropped to $30 compared to last month. Now they're saying that that's pretty, a pretty good jump uh, and that they could see this card dropping into the mid one hundreds at some point, but they're still a long ways from that being. So they're maybe a year out. Maybe 18 months, something like that. We could start seeing this card at 100 to, you know, 125 to 180. That might be a normal thing. Um, Now, this was the interesting thing about the article. The Evil Saiyan Malice made flesh uh, jumped over $70 in value since last month. This is because it was revealed that in the next set, Power Absorbed features a ton of Evil Saiyan cards, making this secret rare more attractive to players previously so people are buying this on speculation that the next set will be loaded with villains evil saying cards that will help them probably get ahead in the game anyone who bought this one at lower value can now reap the benefits of this luck as there's no way no one could have known that cumber was going to be such a strong focus of the next set so that's just they just gamed it that's amazing uh, and this is why you don't hold on <laughs> hold on a minute this is why you always respect the rarity Always respect the rarity. A secret rare is a secret rare. And I know that sometimes we don't have our favorite characters on there. But there's so much more to trading cards than just the character on the card. Now, that's a big, big portion of it, right? Especially in collecting. But it's not everything. Um, and kudos to anyone who made it on that one. Uh, sell sell that card. That's what I'm saying. Especially, you guys better sell that. Uh, get them later when his price drops. Um. The Sun Gohan Rares are sticking high in value and increasing in some cases with Sun Gohan Latent Power Unleashed, doubling in value since last month. So the SGRs are coming up. They're just not coming up or maybe debuting at the prices I thought they were, but that's good that they're coming up. I'm I'm glad to see that. And I mean, that's what we need. That's what I talked about in the Battle Royale. Like, hey, you got your Secret Rare Gohan. You need those SGRs to be something, right? We just said it today. The SGRs need to be something special for this to kind of keep its flair. If it's doing that, like this article says, I think you guys got it. Uh, very cool. Okay. Um. That was it for Dragon Ball. Short, sweet, to the point. Here we go. Let's get into some Marvel this week. All right, Excelsior. Excelsior is our new segment on Marvel trading cards. And uh did I just I totally did. okay, hold on. I totally just closed out the wrong thing here. Okay. We started a new segment on that's totally threw me off. We started a new segment on Marvel trading cards. Uh, we've co- we've covered the oldest sets. we've covered some of the most valuable cards. Today we're going to talk talking about the coolest, most collectible Skybox. Marvel cards. Now, why is this cool? The reason this might be significant to you is because if you had X-Men, Marvel, any sort of superhero cards uh, when you were growing up from the 90s, it's likely they were Skybox, right? It's a Skybox or Fleer. That's, that's probably where you fell because this brand was like the leader in the 90s of these superhero trading cards. So these might Bring back a lot of nostalgia for you if you don't know where to start, and maybe you know like we talked about the 1966 Don Russ Marvel. Maybe that's too rich for your blood. can't do it. Go to something that you actually used to collect. That's always that's always the question we ask when we're you know in the discord. It's like, hey, I don't know where to start, you know and when the first question we ask is like, well, what do you like to collect? What did you collect when you were a kid? Go there first. get those things cover that, you'll probably start to develop your own taste and what you're looking for once you cover those grounds. Okay, here we go. So we can't clarify this enough. When the age of Marvel comic superheroes began in the 1960s, everything changed. Characters like the members of Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, and X-Men and on felt more grounded in reality than their comic book peers. Okay, we're going to skip that. We're skipping it all. Here we go. Okay. Since the early 60s, there have been numerous lines of Marvel-inspired trading cards that have showcased the sillier side of these heroes. 1976 Marvel superhero stickers, etc. As fun as these memorable sets were, they can't begin to hold a candle to the work that Skybox was doing in the 1990s. So a lot of us probably remember these cards. Bursting onto the scene in 1992... The company's various licensed Marvel cards sh- uh, sets showcased a mix of well-known and rising characters from Marvel. They did that. They did so. That they did so by directly tapping into the Zeitiest. I don't know how to say that word. While pushing the limits of trading technology is a bit of magic that even Doctor Strange would be. That was really wordy. Let's just get that out of there. Okay. Anyways. Bottom line, there's an unquenchable desire to collect anything and every Marvel-related, and Skybox entered the marketplace exactly the right time. Okay. Printed on heavy-duty cardstock, these cards felt substantial in the hands of eager collectors. Chase cards like hollow foil and Dyna etching variants further made Skybox lines feel like must-haves. So they became a form of de facto status symbols for collectors. Okay. So, the glory days for Skybox... Were 1992 to 1996. So I was one to five years old during this time. Uh, Skybox was the best love name in the non sport trading card game. Their legacy can still be seen on cards today. Okay. Here we go. Unsurprisingly, Skybox Collecting is experiencing something of a resurgence thanks to the one-two punch of the 1990s with nostalgia and the enduring success of Marvel Cinematic Universe. So again, Marvel being as popular as it is today, us being 20, 30, 40 years old, remembering Marvel when we were kids, you combine that, there you go. All right. So here we go. This is a list here. We got the 1992... Marvel Masterpieces Unopened Box. So this would be the first set of uh, Marvel Masterpieces by Skybox. It came out in 92. You can find it for $300 to $700. This might be something you want to try and find on eBay. The joys and perils of modern trading card collecting can be directly traced back to 1992 Masterpieces. With stunning paintings from Joe Jusco on the front. And detailed information about significant Marvel moments and characters on the back. Okay. This is a 100 card set, nice. I'm gonna try not to read everything, I don't wanna bore you guys too much. Let's move on. We're not looking at this but it looks like you can even collect the empty Marvel display boxes. That's something, people are saying these cost 14 to $50. Now this is cool. This is something I've seen and I didn't know it was actually like a big deal. This is Spider-Man versus Venom hologram card. And this is something that's on my list of stuff to buy. I never had this card as a kid, but when I search on eBay for hollows and stuff, this pops up. And then when I saw this article, I was like, oh, okay, this is actually what I, th-. you know, I thought it was like, this has got to be a sick card, but I didn't know, right? You see something that's priced on eBay. And you're like, why is it that expensive? You don't know. When you see an article like this, it makes you feel better. Like, Okay, I'm actually buying something that people care about. <clears throat> but this is nice. This is a really cool card. I love this style. You just don't see it anymore. Okay, it's a full, It's difficult to explain how popular Venom was in the early 1990s. A villain and anti-hero to Spider-Man. Consequently, Spider-Man and Venom became Comic Dom's most compelling, forgive us, symbiotic relationship with the snazzy hologram card from Skybox 1993. Marvel Universe Series 4. Wow. So Marvel Universe Series 4. I'm going to get that card. Oh, this is clean. Check this out. So we got a uh, Wolverine hologram card. $30 to $45. Again, I'm huge Wolverine. Wolverine, Venom, Iron Man. You give me those, that's all I need. It's all I need. I don't need to collect anything else. Um. Now this one... What's going on? Oh, wow. Thanks to the technology used to create the card, one that we don't fully understand but absolutely appreciate, it appears as Wolverine has just clawed his way through a steel wall when the light hits the card in just the right way. It appears as if adamantium-laced icon is reaching towards you. Incredibly cool effect that is priceless in terms of wow value. This thing is super... I'm having a very hard time reading this. Okay, anyways. To be clear, all the cards included in Skybox' second series of X-Men cards are memorable. So this is the uh, second series of X-Men for Skybox. X-Men Series 2. That's a nice card. I'm all for it. Let's see here. What's this next one? We got Spider-Man 1992 Marvel Masterpieces promo card. That's a nice card. I, I feel like I've seen that before. I'm just going to keep going through. That's 10 to 40 bucks. Wolverine versus Sabretooth. Now, I'm always a fan of Wolverine versus Sabretooth cards. I think they're awesome. This one's not particularly my favorite. I have a favorite, um, but this is a 3D foil, I guess. Wow, $40 to $120. Pretty crazy stuff. You got uh, Spider-Man versus Green Goblin, Fantastic Four versus Galactus, but they're saying that uh, the most iconic would be this one right here, Wolverine versus Sabretooth. X Men Series 2 complete base set, $40 to $60. Those are nice looking cards, though. I like that. I like the red borders. I think that's pretty clean. Okay, we're going to keep rolling. 1993 Marvel Masterpieces Carnage card, $1 to $5. So that's pretty inexpensive. That's also really nice. I mean, remember how we said we talked about artwork taking up a card? This is like 85, 90% of the card being covered with Carnage. Oh wow, what is this? Silver Surfer versus Thanos. It's a one to $5 card, it's an etch foil card. That looks really nice. And this is this just goes to show like, texture wasn't a groundbreaking thing. Like this has been around for a minute. Um, and it's funny that we see modern collectors like, oh look at that texture. It's like man, that's been around. Um, Just funny to see. Okay, so that's the list there. That's really cool, I, I can tell you right now, I'm going to be looking at this Wolverine and the Spider-Man versus Venom hologram. Um, I've also been focusing heavy on the 1966 Dawn Rust. That's where my focus is for Marvel. It's going to take some time to get through the, the growing pains of learning this stuff. Um, but that's where I want to go. So obviously, that's kind of why I wanted to share it with you guys. If you're not going to go with the oldest set of all time, which may be the most iconic, you got to go with what we grew up with and this is a great this comes from den of geek um and this is all the best skybox you know stuff that you would have seen in the 90s it's a great list um and i think it's a great place to start and then once you get down that rabbit hole you go do your own thing all right moving on to sports cards here we go i know you guys like that uh that sa- that sample there i know chris made a big big deal out of that sample but um that's all we had. You know, there, there's a couple Madden ones I really wanted to use, but trademark stuff, you know, all that good stuff just not, not going to work. Okay, this one's kind of a, this is a two-part one. It's kind of big, not, not really, but I think it's important. Um, and today for sports cards, we're going to be talking about hobby versus retail. I bring this up not to force you to do one thing or the other. It's just so that, you know, running a podcast and running a Discord, I want to make sure that I give you all the information you have to make whatever decisions you want. And at the end of the day, you know, whatever you spend your money on is whatever you spend your money on. But just like trading cards, just like TCGs, I would feel terrible if I didn't tell you to slow down on the retail, spend money on higher-priced, higher-valued boxes, your returns will be much better. you you'll thank yourself later may not may not be so much right now but in the future you'd be like man i'm glad i spent good money on better products um <clears throat> now i know that when we started the sports card segment i told you guys you know whatever you can find if you're just starting out go out and rip whatever you can get i st- i still think that's a great option i think if you have the means if you have the money to do that you should totally do it now if you're playing this as smart as possible, and you're like, I want to make the best financial decisions I can while enjoying this new thing that I'm trying to do, this is where you kind of pick and choose your battles. And I would recommend going hobby. Um, so today I'm going to share two links that kind of give you the the ups and downs of hobby versus retail, and also why, like, why I, I tell you guys, like, you know, I try to spend my money on the, on the best products possible. I've had plenty of opportunities to buy retail at the store and I, I just don't do it. I pass on it, even though I want to rip the stuff. I don't do it. Um, because I learned, you know, I mean, I was doing this in 2018 and I found out that hobby boxes, although they're expensive, they yielded better results, right? Especially when you're grading cards and trying to find the best cards possible. All right. So here we go. Let's get into it. Hobby versus retail. This comes from rookiecollector.com which should you buy? One of the most debated topics in the sports card world is whether one should buy retail boxes or hobby boxes when buying cards. The answer is it depends, and that's totally true. Um, there are lots of factors that take into account, but again, my job is just to give you the information, and then you're like, oh, wow, I didn't, actually didn't think about that. Now, as far as I'm concerned, both links I have today are going to give you just an overall view. They're not really telling you to go one way or the other. I don't want to tell you either. You know, like some people can't afford hobby boxes and that's totally fine. You can still get good stuff in retail, but just realize it's a much harder game to play. Okay, so what is a hobby box? What is a hobby box? Hobby boxes are the type of configuration that typically, typically contain more cards, better odds, and can't be bought at big box retail stores like Target or Walmart. Hobby boxes are geared... More towards serious collectors, you'll find that hits, autographs, memorabilia cards, etc., are more common in hobby boxes. However, the luxury comes at a high cost. Most hobby boxes are one hundred dollars. Even the lower end boxes start at fifty dollars. <throat> okay. Why buy hobby boxes? These are three very simple reasons: guaranteed autographs and relics are in the box. Better odds for hits and it supports your local card store because they they're the ones that get the hobby boxes. Now, there are many reasons to buy hobby boxes. Almost all the hobby products out there today typically guarantee at least one autograph or relic. There's also more, way more inserts, parallels, and numbered cards in hobby box configurations as well. So something to think about, guys. Even if you get skunked on a hobby box, you're probably gonna feel like you actually got your money's worth. Much more than retail. Hobby boxes are only sold through hobby shops. Okay, we got that, blah, blah, blah. All right. Now let's get on to the next part. What are retail boxes? You've seen these before. Retail boxes or retail products are anything that you would find at your local Walmart, Target, blaster boxes, hanger boxes, loose packs, you name it. Okay, you guys have seen this stuff before. Why buy retail? Here are the reasons. Cheaper prices, wider availability. It's very true. You guys have been sharing your pictures in the Discord. Stores are loaded with retail right now. However, there's also a reason for that. No one's buying it. The main draw for retail products is that it can be bought for much cheaper prices than hobby boxes. Hobby products typically start around $100, where the average price of retail is only around $20 for a blaster box. There's also the option to buy one to two loose packs of retail product and 10 hanger boxes, whatever, okay. You can still pull amazing cards from retail. That's something I don't want you to get in your head. You can still pull amazing stuff from retail. I have, right? I've pulled case hits out of retail boxes. It's still hard, um, <clears throat> but it's rewarding. It can still happen. The chances are just significantly lower. The main perk to retail is that you can get it easier. Target, Walmart, etc., carry the product. As for hobby po- products, what if you don't have an LCS? Then you're stuck ordering products online and waiting. You can't beat the availability of retail product. There it is right there. One's more convenient than the other. One is harder to get. That's really what it comes down to. One's harder to get because it's pricier and there's more competition out there. So if you don't have an LCS, you got to go online. Fees, all that stuff starts to add up over time, right? In conclusion, hobby boxes are great for those who have the cash and are serious about finding and collecting premium cards. That I fall into that character category. That's me. That's what I told you guys when I started this segment. I said, hey, it's got to have colored foil. It's got to have a number on it. It's got to have an autograph. It's got to have a patch, right? If it has that stuff, I will collect it. Because again, in 2018, all the stuff that you guys are experiencing right now, buying all your boxes at Target and Walmart, I already experienced that. And it was fun. I had a lot of fun. I pulled great cards. You know what I mean? I, was, I pulled Luka rookies that I made 400 bucks off of in 2018 when I didn't know as much as I do now. So I had my day. Um but now I know that this is a much safer, more serious route. And that's what I want. I want high quality stuff. Um so that's what I'm trying to tell you guys, you know, like have fun with your retail, your retail phase, right? But don't make the same mistakes I did where I can look back and be like, "Man, in 2018, if I spent Five to six thousand dollars on these trading cards instead of five to six thousand dollars on retail products, I'd probably be in a better place, right? Like I'd probably have more, probably have a bigger collection. But I had to go through it to learn it that it wasn't worth ripping through all that stuff when I could have just bought singles of my favorite characters in the highest rarity. Okay. Moving on, let's go to the next link. This is another retail versus hobby article. This comes from the cardboard connection. I feel like I've heard from this place before. Now this one's going to be four retail boxes. Okay. Retail boxes, collecting guide, sports cards, and entertainment cards are very hard to find these days. And the price is very high. This is why retail is attractive. Buying retail boxes can still be the best deal for many casual collectors. There you go. If you fall into a casual collector category, this is good. This is good stuff. I'm not hating on it, right? Now, the trick is to pay MSRP. So if you guys are finding this stuff loaded at your stores, you're set. You're buying pretty much at the cheapest price you can get. what I don't want to see is you guys buying retail stuff on eBay. You're going to get got. 99% of you're going to get got. So they're saying, hey, if you can buy MSRP, do it. That's what they're saying in this article, okay? Now, here's the guide to collecting retail boxes. This was big, and I think this is something people forget about. Sports card retail boxes are primarily sold through large retail chains. Okay, we know all this. We know all this. They can be cheaper, blah, blah, blah. Okay, the different types of boxes. I guess we could talk about that. In brick and mortar environments, standard retail boxes are open and sold by the pack. However, they're also available through manufacturer sealed blaster boxes. Blasters contain a set number of packs at a price below what you would cost, cost you to buy a pack individually. Blaster boxes are normally sold at three different price points, $9.99, $19.99, $29.99. Depending on the quality and quantity of the cards they contain, in addition to sporting a lower per pack rate, blaster boxes at retail typically include some sort of added bonus like a free pack or special insert. There are also newer formats, like collector boxes and mega boxes. These often feature a guaranteed autograph, which is more like a hobby box. As a result, they can cost a bit more. And you'll see like a a mega box will cost like 40 or 50 bucks. Now, this is the big thing about retail. Exclusive retail parallels, inserts and sets. This is where you can win in retail. And this is why I say like, if you're at the store, read the boxes of what you're buying because sports card companies have increasingly been making one more of an effort to include retail exclusive inserts and parallels in their lineup. That means that sports cards companies have been putting in inserts into retail boxes only. There are huge wins to that, right? Let's say that there's only a certain rarity that can be pulled from retail packs. That thing is going to be flying off the shelves at the store. And that's the type of stuff you have to educate yourself on. It's like, Oh wow. Wow. The reason why you want this specific set, and if you go to the store, you're only looking for this specific set, is because it can carry this card. That would mean this is a good retail product. So, make sure that you check the exterior of the box of the pack for the exact details. Companies will usually note what is unique to the format. It's big, right? Look on the box. If there is some sort of retail-exclusive big hitter where it's like, hey you know, Joe Burrow's rookie season is this year, you know, or what, or last year, right? The year before is rookie season. But like, it says, look for this insert retail exclusive. And it's like a Joe Burrow could be found in that rarity. That's a big deal, right? So stuff like that, you kind of have to pay attention to. And it means you got to read, right? You have to study. You got to look it up and go, go on YouTube and watch people open this stuff up. That's what I, that's what I used to do. Like, I'd be like, uh, you know, let's say, here, here we go, Panini Prism, for example. I'll go on YouTube, Panini Prism Retail Box 2022, and I'll watch people open it, and I'm like, ooh, this looks good. I'm going to go get some. I never just buy stuff on a whim, and I don't want you guys to impulse buy stuff. (laughs) Now, the other thing that you got to worry about is, you know, just like Pokemon and stuff, people can weigh packs. They can totally search packs. Um, People who are good can totally do that, so... Be careful of those fat packs and, you know, stuff that you find at the store um, that can be searched easily. All right, last part here. Why buy retail boxes? Despite this risk, retail boxes can be a great choice, especially for young collectors, hobby newcomers, and budget-minded collectors. A lot of us fall in this category. They have much lower price tags than their hobby brethren, yet they are still a fun and exciting way to enjoy collecting sports cards. Player, collectors, collectors. Appreciate the inexpensive selection of base cards found in retail boxes. Likewise, set collectors are drawn to retail boxes that they allow them to add to their latest projects without paying an extra charge inherent from buying hobby boxes. Retail boxes are easier to find in a collecting world with far fewer card shops around. There you guys go. So the big takeaway from this, from what I took away from this, is know what you're buying. There are there are very good Retail products and there are very bad retail products, right? When you buy a hobby, you're kind of mitigating that. You're buying a quality product. You're gonna get something. It might be the worst player, but you're gonna get a high rarity of something. Um, whereas retail, you got to do your research. And there's good retail stuff, right? There is good retail. The the Don Russ, uh, I believe it was 2020 Don Russ when they inserted those downtown cards, case hits. That's all the reason to go buy those boxes and try and get that card. You know what I mean? So make smarter decisions. Um, I'm glad that you guys are buying sports cards. I just don't want anyone to get burned out super quick because retail whooped their butt. And you don't get a shot at actually trying hobby. You might really like hobby. All right. Enough on that. I've been talking for an hour and 15 minutes. Please, (laughs) please, someone like the video, give me a review, help me out, five stars. All right, here we go, let's get into Greasy's Gaming Corner, that's right, we got it back this week. Okay, Greasy's Gaming Corner, I forgot to edit the slide here, you can see that, it says Smash Bros. Variants. We're not talking about Smash Bros. Variants we're actually gonna be talking about the rarest Nintendo 64 games around. Now, we've talked about the most popular N64 games, but today, we're gonna to talk about a list that talks about the rarest. Here we go. This comes from Gamer uh, gamerant.com. 20 rarest N64 games. Here we go. I'm gonna go through this real quickly. I'm about to lose my voice. We got 1080 snowboarding not for resale edition okay that's the that's the kicker there not for resale I was never a fan of these snowboarding games I had friends that had them I didn't care for them so pass pass for me f1 racing championship this is 200 bucks um again pass I'm not a huge fan of racing games especially the f f series stuff just never cared for it number 18. WWF, no mercy. Uh, I've never been a fan of WWE, WWF. Um, I think, I want to say 96, 97, 98. I had a small interest in wrestling. I remember I used to watch uh, Sting. Sting was my favorite wrestler. But uh, I only watched it a few times. And um, yeah, it just really wasn't, a, I, just, I guess it just wasn't available to me. I just You know, didn't watch it much. Uh, but this is a $400 game. Crazy. A regular cartridge can cost you 350 to 500 What? Oh, wow. The cartridge must be a USA 1 version. Okay. So you need a USA 1 version cart. Wow. Check your collections. I'd love to see if you guys have that. Turok Rage Wars, the gray cartridge. 400 bucks. Look at those graphics. Gosh dang it. Keeps doing it. There we go. Turok Rage Wars. Look at the graphics. Oh man, four hundred dollars. Uh, a great copy of this game will run you about four hundred dollars on eBay. That's if you can even find someone selling it. So, pretty rare thing. And this is, I think, when when you talk about grading cartridges, I think version specific, not for resale specific ones, are the best ones to do. Easy, hands down. Right? Like there's a story to it. I don't know why this stupid game rant keeps sending up this virus thing. It's Ridiculous. My computer better not break. <laughs> WCW Assault, gray cartridge, 300 bucks. Wow. This game sold 200,000 units. Oh my gosh. Now these graphics look pretty good compared to the Turok. Oh wow. Again, I'm not a huge wrestling guy. Sorry guys. Pokemon Snap, not for resale. That's number 15. I would have thought that would be closer to the top 10, but hey, it's a $300 cartridge. Um, I've, I've seen this copy before, and I'm sure you guys have too. <laughs> Banjo-Tooie, 300 bucks. So, Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie were, it was a great game. I never beat the game. I never had it. It was like, I just played it on and off, and, uh, yeah, I never beat it, but I was always interested in it. Now, why is this one more expensive? Both the original game and its sequel were released near the end of N64's lifespan, so they weren't as popular as other titles. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, that makes sense. Those who find Banjo-Tooie or its predecessor will likely pay around $300 or more online. Wow. They don't make games like this anymore. It's cre- like look, I mean, look at this. We got a bear, we have a, a roadrunner and a witch. So creative, you know what I mean? Just imagination was different back then. Turok 2, this is a not-for-resale copy, Uh, $350. There's only been one sale in the last few years, holy cow. Diddy Kong Racing, now I remember this, now for some reason this game was fun, I don't know, and I'm not a huge racing game guy, but maybe because it was Diddy Kong, Donkey Kong, um, maybe that's why. It had a cartoon aspect to it, I guess. $300 to $500, wow. Oh my gosh. Crazy. Yoshi's Story. Never been a fan of this game. This is $300 to $500. Now this is the international version that costs that much. This specific cartridge has popped up on eBay a few times in recent years and sold between 300 and 500 Depending on the bidding and the quality of the cartridge. Okay. Worms Armageddon. Top ten game. I didn't know that. Um, I'm not a not a huge fan. Four hundred to six hundred dollars though. Wow. Okay. Harvest Moon. Now this was a big game, but it, again, I it wasn't really a part of my my childhood at all. Four hundred to six hundred bucks for this game. So these games, all these games, are right around three hundred to six hundred is what I'm seeing. Um, Bomberman. 64, the second attack. This is number eight on the list. $400 to $700. What? I'm not a Bomberman person. I had Bomberman on like Game Boy Advance. I didn't enjoy it. Um, You guys let me know if I'm crazy, but yeah, I, these aren't titles that I'm really tied to. Stunt Racer 64. What the freak? This is a $200 to $700 game. It was overshadowed by Mario 64. Released exclusively through Blockbuster. Oh, so that's one of those games. It's just kind of rare because you couldn't find the damn thing. Wow. Super Bowling, 500 to $1,300. Now that, why? Why? A niche aspect of bowling video games. Oh, my gosh. Five hundred bucks for the cartridge itself, thirteen hundred for a complete and package. Wow. Um, Okay, whatever. Now here's one number five, Conquer's Bad Fur Day, five hundred to seven hundred dollars. That's that was a good game, and I wasn't even allowed to play this when I was a kid, but I had friends that played it. I go to their house and we play this game. Um, This is a great game. I I think it definitely deserves top five. If if I'm gonna go buy another graded video game, like this is definitely high on the list. Um yeah and it does go it still goes for 500 to 700 that's pretty normal for like a sealed copy Zelda Ocarina of Time collector's edition 1000 to 1100 wow now this is a hard game you know i never i never beat this game from start to finish uh i remember i had a cousin that had this game beat and he had a save file and I borrowed the game, and I would just beat again and over and over. I already after I had all the materials to beat the game with the light arrows and all that stuff. Um, yeah, but I don't. I never beat this game uh, start to finish. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I that deserves top five for sure. I'm just not. It's at number four though. What else is it? What else is there? Okay, Majora's Mask, not for resale. Nine hundred fifty bucks. That makes sense. It's a not for resale cartridge. It's limited in that aspect. Um, I remember this guy, he was the trading guy, right? It's funny, yeah, he make those stupid faces, that's so funny. I totally remember that guy. Number two, Golden Eye, not for resale, the gray copy, not the gold one. Oh wow, okay. What's a gray cart? While a regular cartridge of this game won't cost more than 30, the not-for-resale gray cartridge is a different story. They don't make this one in gray, do they? I think it's just it's a not-for-resale stamp. That's what it is. Okay. Number one. Whoa, what in the world? Clay Fighters, Clay Fighters Sculptor's Cut, $14,500. Jeez. This was released as a Blockbuster rental exclusive, meaning it couldn't even be purchased as such most people argue that this is one of the rarest N64 games in existence that's pretty cool so you had to steal this from blockbuster <laughs> this game is always on ebay ironically enough okay if you want a copy you're going to have to cough up some major dough the cartridge alone will cost 500 bucks but still i i think just buying a cartridge is where it's at when you consider how rare this is if this is truly a game that was only via rental at blockbuster you can you can get away with buying a cartridge complete editions 2500 to 3000 one copy sold for 14k that's probably sealed amazing wow it's clay fighter i don't remember playing this game i remember seeing it i remember this artwork um i don't remember seeing it there you guys go that's our top 20 list of the rarest N64 games and that's a hell of a list um there's a couple questionable ones on there but again like i only i only had a few games when i was a kid you know so I just didn't play a lot of different games. Uh, Pokemon Stadium, Pokemon Snap, um, Gauntlet Legends, Smash Brothers, Zelda, uh, Majora's Mask, Ocarina of Time, Star Fox 64. Uh, I didn't even have Mario Odyssey. I just I would borrow it and play it from other people. Um, I would also play Bad Fur Day from other people. So, yeah. Low play selection as a kid, but okay, I mean, let me you guys let me know if you like that top 20. Uh, what, what games, uh, draw your attention if not, um, any. So I'm going to close that out cause that stupid ad keeps popping up. Okay. That's it for great, uh, Greasy's gaming corner. We're moving into our last segment of the night. Here we go. Gengar's grabs. Okay. It's been a long one hour and 24 minutes. Thank you guys for listening. Gengar's grabs. This is our segment all about you guys. Um, These are the cards, collectibles that you guys are buying, and you're sharing them with us in the Discord. Here we go. Number five this week, Big Tony. He's got a uh, soccer card. I believe it was a patch, um, and it was also numbered to, like, 74 or 79, and it's Obsidian, so um, that's a great set, great quality card, patch card. I'm not sure if it's game played, but um, it was numbered, so... (laughs) I'm, I'm glad we're seeing... Look at the MLC, though. We're on point. On point. You get brownie points for that. Um, solid. Overall solid. You know, I'm not a huge soccer guy, but I appreciate high-quality cards. And uh, I'm glad that we're getting some some sports stuff in the grabs tab. Okay, number four. Too Old to Mod. Our mod. Too Old to Mod. He's got a PSA 8 uh, Green Goblin. I believe this is... um. A signature edition Marvel masterpieces um, yeah it's got the siggies on there it's a little too small for me to read the label but um this is cool right so we had we've been talking about sports for about two weeks we've been talking about Marvel for about two weeks and what do you know boom boom we have guys adding stuff into the grabs tab related to that stuff it's really cool to see number three good grade too I'm um, strong grade like I'm I'm glad you got that Matt from pallet He's got Pokemon, the first movie trading cards. Um, He's got four packs. He opened those up. He's got some decent pools. Uh, But I just thought this was really cool to see. You know, I don't talk a lot about animated series trading cards, tops Pokemon, uh, you know, in general, because I don't really have any. I don't really buy any. Um, I'm aware of it, but I just, you know, that's not a path I decided to take. So seeing something different like that that no one really shares in the Discord, that's cool. Uh, I had to do it. And he also ripped him. It's like, what an experience. You know what I mean? I've never done that. Uh, number two, Jay Parks. So this was really cool. Now, this was from, I believe he said that that specific hockey player was like a top 10 scorer all time. I think he was number six all time scoring in hockey. Um, but his mom was in some sort of bookstore deal and they had pallets of this stuff, right? Um, I guess it contained the player's stats, a story about him, you know, whatever, but his family met this player somehow the player wanted this stuff back so that he could sell it to customers in his restaurant or his bar and he could tell them stories about how he played story and glory all the stuff we always talk about but anyways um jay parks wasn't able to meet this person however he got a gift from him because of the connections he had with his family so um that is really cool i mean one-of-a-kind type stuff you see like just sweet and uh man you guys up in Canada know a lot of hockey players holy cow okay number one this week we got a we got a repeat here to old Ahmad again Chase was killing it this week um so he got the marvel which was I was like that's really cool then he goes and he he bought he's bought a good handful of retail and he's been one of the few examples where like you can buy retail and do well. Uh, this sensational patch card, uh, Panini Prism, Steph Curry, <laughs> numbered to 10, right? He pulled that. Uh, it's numbered to 10, and I believe that's like a $200, $200 to $250 card. Uh, and this is why like you can, you can absolutely win on retail. The odds are against you. However, there's still stuff like this in those packs, and uh, that was just a big win. And a double win, yeah. He's got fourth place. He's got first place. Um, chase killed it. Chase had even more stuff that he shared. I couldn't share everything on the you know top five, but he killed it. Um, and that was by far, I think, probably one of the most valuable things we've seen in the grabs tab this week. Uh, Curry's a great player. I don't like him, still a great player. Uh, and that's a high rarity. That's that's a great example of what you can get out of retail. And you know that's that's close to the peak of what retail chase cards are. So uh, really good job. Okay, that sums it up. That's Gengar's Grabs. Chase wins it this week. And that is all for episode 119. One hour and 30 minutes. That was tiring. I love talking about this stuff, but man, it feels weird not having to shut up for an hour and a half. I'll tell you that. Uh, Hopefully you guys enjoyed the video. If you liked the video, please like, share, subscribe. Join our Discord. It's absolutely free. Do it. Click the links in in our descriptions on any video. You can join our Discord then. Support the podcast by clicking this support this podcast link. When you click that, you can donate as little as 99 cents a month. And that helps me keep the lights on around here. All right? Thank you, guys. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed episode 119. I will see you next week for 120. And for those of you participating in the box break, pokeytower.com I'll see you on Friday, the 27th. All right. Peace. <laughs>